God, we just lift everything up to you today. God, these, these prayers that I have in my hand, God, these prayer cards, I just pray for each and every single one of them and every need that's in this place. I pray, God, that you would meet that need today. God, we love you. And we thank you that you are all things. Oh, man, God, and I just pray that you meet every single one of those needs, God. I pray for the word that's about to be spoken today. God, I pray that we will leave here changed by your word, changed by your presence, God. And God, start with me. Speak to me today, God. We love you and we thank you. In your name we pray. Amen and amen. Would you grab a seat today? Would you give a round of applause to Jesus? If that was for me, that's okay. I said give a round of applause to Jesus today. There we go. For those of you who don't know who I am, my name is Benji de Jesus. And I'm the worship pastor here at Mosaic. Well, actually, my government name is Benito de Jesus Jr. <laughs> Why they call me Benji, I have no clue. Mom, I know you're watching, Dad, I know you're watching. To this day, they still haven't given me a specific answer on why they call me Benji. In fact, I remember being in school for the first time or kindergarten, and the teacher's calling Benito, 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 and uh, I didn't know they were talking to me. I thought, I thought my name was Benji. And then growing up, kids made fun of my name, Benito. Remember Benito Applebaum? Right? Remember that? that? That was just something. I don't know why I put that in there. It's just because I remembered it. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so my government name is Benito de Jesus. Everybody calls me Benji. And I was born and raised in the great city of New York. Come on, give it up for New York. Literally a concrete jungle. I really grew up in Brooklyn, and to be more specific, I grew up in a neighborhood called Bushwick, Brooklyn. This is the neighborhood I grew up, grew up in in the 80s. Now, Bushwick was a neighborhood, hold up, babe. Bushwick was a neighborhood that was full of abandoned buildings. <laughs> it was full of uh, abandoned warehouses and whatnot. Now it's super gentrified, it's super expensive to live in. But that building right there, go back. Go, the other one. That building right there is actually the school that I used to go to, PS 151. Um, I don't know who that guy is, but yeah. That was the building I went to school. The next picture is, that building is actually called the Menorah Building. It's a building that our quarters of a ministry that I worked for was for many years. You guys can hear me, right? And so I would show you pictures. Oh, keep going. That's a typical street in Brooklyn with graffiti on the walls and hanging out. Summertime, and we call this, we call that, and that's how we would refresh ourselves. Go to the next picture, that's fine. And that's a pump. You guys call it a? That's the actual name of what that is. We don't have a slang, we don't have a slang word for it. That's a, we would call that the Johnny Pump or the pump. The water was always cold, it was always freezing, but uh, that's where we would go on 100 degree weather with. 100% humidity or whatever, it was awful. But that's where we would cool down. Now, with a few pictures of me playing outside and stuff like that, but um, there aren't any because my parents didn't allow me to go outside. <laughs> but I do have a picture of me hanging out on the fire skate. What was I doing in that picture? I have no clue. And why there's a 44 on that shirt? I have no clue. That was my age about a week and a half ago, All right? <laughs> And so we would hang out in a fire escape. Fire escapes are these metal structures that would be 
um, outside in the back of an apartment building. So just in case there was a fire, you could escape through there and go down. Uh, now thinking about it, that was probably dangerous to me <laughs> to play and hang out there, but that's where I would hang out and play. But my upbringing was very different. I remember uh, my parents having to go to school because I found a vial of crack in the street and I brought it to my teacher thinking, you know, I don't know what it is. And the teacher called my parents, obviously, obviously it wasn't mine, but I found crack on the street. I remember being about eight or nine years old and having a Pizza Hut basketball and some other kids pulled out a box cutter and they took it from me, so I was robbed when I was eight years old. Just a different upbringing, you know, but my parents did the best they could to take care of my sister and I and raise my sister and I, and I think they did a great job. You know, we lived, yeah, give my parents a round of applause. That's cool. We lived in a small apartment in Brooklyn. Like, I mean, small. I remember, in fact, after we got married, Monica and I moved back to Brooklyn, and we moved to the same apartment building that I grew up in. And as soon as we got there, no, I promise you, not even five minutes later, Monica started crying. Because <laughs> it was this small, rinky, dinky, old railroad apartment, literally a railroad, every room went into the other. Angel and Diane visit us there. They know, they know exactly what I'm talking about. But we moved to a small apartment. And then eventually my parents saved money, right? They saved up their money and we moved from a small apartment to a tiny house. And I mean tiny. I'm a short Puerto Rican and I could touch the ceiling with my hands, right? And speaking about Puerto Rico, today is the National Puerto Rican Day Parade. It's the only reason I'm dressed out like this. But being in a small apartment, uh, we, it was tough. It was difficult. It wasn't the easiest things to live in. Just me, my sister, my mother, my father. Um, when Monica and I lived there, it was me, Monica, Joseph, Judah, and, and Jeremiah. So that was, I don't know how we did it. But we did it by the grace of God, amen? And in the book of 2 Kings, the company of prophets find themselves in the same predicament. We'll go to 2 Kings chapter 6, and I'll read from 1 through 7. One day, the group, the group of prophets came to Elisha and told him, As you can see, the place where we meet with you is just too small. Let's go down to the Jordan River, where there are plenty of logs. There we can build a new place to meet. All right, he told them. Go ahead. Please come with us, someone suggested. I will, he said. So he went with them. When they arrived to the Jordan, they began cutting down trees. But as one of them was cutting a tree, his, head, his axe head fell in the river. Oh, sir, he cried. It was a borrowed axe. Where did it fall? The man of God asked. When he showed him the place, Elisha cut a stick and threw it into the water in that spot. When the axe head... Well, then the axe had floated to the surface. Grab it, Elisha said, and the man reached out and grabbed it. First thing we see in the story is they're in this small space, right? And I love their attitude here. They didn't just complain. They did something about it. They didn't go to Elijah and say, look, this place is too small. You know, you, sh you should do something about it. They didn't do that, right? They went to Elijah and they said, you know, they saw a need, and they did something about it. They said, can we do this? Can we do something about it? How many times do we see a need, and, and we just complain about it, and we don't do anything about it? 
Has anybody seen the need and just not done anything about it? I've done it before. How many of you guys, your trash can looks like this? <laughs> My wife will tell you I don't take out the trash, and that's why it looks like that, but it's not true. There's an actual term for this. It's called trash can Jenga. <laughs> Has anybody tried to do this? Go ahead and play that. Has anybody done that before? You know, even in the practical things, we see a need, we should meet a need, right? You see the trash can is like that? I mean, come on, take the trash out, right? You know, guys, take the trash out. And women, you can take the trash out too. Just saying, you know, it's always been, that's your job, it's our job, okay? <laughs> but yeah. You see the trash, take out the trash. You see the dishes that are dirty? Gentlemen, wash the dishes, right? You know, I grew up in Brooklyn and we were lucky if we had a washing machine, you know, but moving to Colorado, we have something called a dishwasher. I don't know, what, I don't know how to use it to this day. I know there's buttons. I know it works kind of like a washing machine. You put stuff in it. But to this day, I wash the dishes by hand and I put them in the dishwasher so they can dry. Anybody else does that? That's exactly what I do. But seriously, if we see a need, let's meet that need. If we see something needs to be done, let's not just complain about it. Let's do something about it. I love this church for that same reason. You know, this church gives to the cold weather shelter. It gives to Joe P. Apartments, the United Way, orphanages in Mexico, the project in Ireland. And we just had a Discover class, and more people have joined us, and they want to help and serve and, you know, from the beginning of the year now, we have 20 new people that have saw a need and they said, we want to help out. And they're helping out now and serving in service. That could be you. We need people at the tech team, you know, worship team. I'm sure there's plenty. We'll find you stuff. We'll find something for you to do here, you know. But if you see a need, meet that need. You could be the difference in someone's life. We just need to pay attention and take the focus off of ourselves. I believe that as we get closer to God, we start to see things the way he starts to see them. We start to, to lose focus of ourselves, but focus on things that are going on around us. We can literally make the difference in somebody's life. You know, my son Joseph, and if you know Joseph, he's a, he's a character. He's something else. And for, you know, about a few weeks back, we had a worship night. Worship night, 25th of June, 7 p.m. here, short plug, right? If, if you haven't come, come out. It's just a great time where we just worship and we're just in the presence of God. And so my son Joseph, we were in the service and he goes, Dad, God spoke to me today. Now prior to this, he had this stomach pain that was just weird, right? It wasn't like we need to take him to the hospital or anything. It was just this weird pain, uncomfortable. And, you know, every night or every day he was saying, my stomach. So he was eating like crackers and rice for three, four days straight. 
And that was him because he didn't want to eat anything else. He was like, no, I'm scared, you know. He had pain. And so um, we're at worship night. He says, Dad, God spoke to me. And I'm like, really? What did he say? He said that I need to start focusing on others. That my problems, you know, I know I have problems, but there are people that have worse problems than I have. And he told me that I need to start focusing on others. Can I tell you something? That pain went away. You know? And he says this. And you know what? I mean, I thank God for kids because sometimes they're just super honest, right? But he said, he goes, I think God gave me that pain so that I can see it's not about me. It's about others. You know? And if God can do that with a 10-year-old boy, he can definitely do that for you as well. So when you see a need, let's do our very best to meet that need. Amen? Moving on. In verse 3, he said, please come with us, someone suggested. One of them said, basically, won't you come with us? See, Elijah in the story represents God or a type of Jesus, a type of God, right? God used him. And the prophets didn't just try to do this on their own. They didn't say, oh, let's just, let's just do this. You know, they asked God to come along with them. You know, I know many people that set out to start a business or do whatever it may, whatever it may be. And it just flops because they didn't ask God to come along. You know, there's a big difference knowing that God is everywhere than inviting him to come along with you. And I'll say that again. There's a big difference knowing that God is everywhere than inviting him to come along with you. You know, amen. For some people, it might be a big move to another country or another state. You know? It might be opening up a business. Whatever it is, we need to ask the Holy Spirit to guide us. Just like Monica spoke two weeks back. My wife spoke a few weeks back. You know, the Holy Spirit is our guide. He's our advocate. So we need to ask him to come along with us. You know, most New Yorkers believe the answer to living in New York is moving to Florida. <laughs> and I'm sure many people believe that the answer to living in Colorado is moving to Texas. You know, and it may be so, but you need to ask the Holy Spirit to come along with you. You know, I know my mom and dad are watching. Mom and dad, the answer to living in Florida is moving to Greeley, Colorado. But ask the Holy Spirit first, okay? And I know my son is watching. The answer to living in New York is to move to Greeley, Colorado. But ask the Holy Spirit first. Talk to the Holy Spirit first. You know, before moving here, I thought I was going to die in New York City. I thought I was going to plant a church in New York City. I thought my life was just going to be in New York. Like, my roots were there. Everything was there. When there's a shirt that says, I love New York, I am that shirt. Because I love New York City. I love the fact I can get anything I want to eat at any time of the day, anywhere around the city. It's a great thing. Don't get me wrong. You know it's God if I move from New York City to Greeley, Colorado. <laughs> you know it's God. And it was, it was tough. It was, it was a tough decision for me. You know, even the fact that I picked up the phone, I was like, man, I'm actually doing this. 
you know, I found out that, that Caleb was stepping down as a worship leader, and I got a text message, and I read it, and so I wrote to, to Angel, like, you know, I, I wrote to Angel right away, and we, we spoke, and he was like, he said, uh, he was like, yeah, I was like, hey, I heard Caleb is sitting down, he's like, yeah, you know, do you know anybody, is there anybody, you know, that you might know, and I said, how about me? And it's funny, because I said that, and I'm like, That's how much I love New York City. And it was tough, because I'm like, man, we have to do a lot of things. We have to sell our house, you know? And we have to go across country and find another house. We have to, you know, I would have to speak to my pastor. And I'll mind you, I was, you know, I had a very important role at that church. You know, I was in that ministry for about 18 years, maybe. And I had a really important role, and, you know, that was the last, you know, and he was, he was always the one. People have come, come and gone. He was like, you always remain faithful. You're the faithful one. You always stay. You're always with us. And I'm like, shoot. You know, I just said, what about me? You know? My wife had been part of her job forever, and I thank God for, for that job that my wife has. But, you know, she would have to speak to her boss and say, hey, you know, I, you know, I'm moving, I'm leaving, I'm going somewhere else. Who knows what he would say? You know, I know the pandemic can seem like a curse, but at the same time, it may work in remotely a thing, yeah. you know, and so I thank God for it. And so she would have to speak to him and say, hey, you know, can, is it, is it all right if I work remotely? Um, I work for Delta Airlines, and I was like, you know, are they going to let me transfer and move? So there was so many things that I needed in order to come out here. And I'm, I'm telling God, I'm like, God, if this is you, I need you to make these things happen. So Monica sits down with her boss. She talks to her boss, and her boss's response is, I don't think I can run this company without you. So yeah, let's work something out. And so that's one check. I'm like, okay, cool. That's one check. God, I, this, this might be you. But at the same time, I love New York. <laughs> um, uh, I speak to my pastor and I'm like, okay, this is where it's gonna be no, this is where I'm gonna have conflict. And I tell my pastor everything that had gone, everything that had transpired, everything that was going on. And he said, Benji, this is the Lord. And I'm like, shoot. <laughs> you know? And then I put in a transfer, and sure enough, Delta Airlines calls, and they say, hey, we need you here by April 6th. Can you be here by April 6th? And I looked at my wife. I was like, I guess we're moving to Colorado. <laughs> but A, B, and C. And D, and E, and F, because it wasn't just an easy venture once we came out here, but everything I needed. We asked the Holy Spirit to come along. We asked God to come along, and he's been behind us every single step of the way. So they saw a need, and they did something about it. They asked God to come along, and in verse 4, so he went with them. When they arrived at the Jordan, they began cutting down trees. But one of them was cutting a tree. Oh, wow, one of them, well, but as one of them was cutting a tree, his axe head fell in the river. Oh, sir, he cried out, it was borrowed. 
You know, now I don't know, here's an ax. I don't know how to use one of these things, but I have one. Usually they're in horror flicks, right? But, like I wouldn't even know how to swing this thing, it's not even funny. Grab it like a baseball bat, I don't know. And it's heavy. So I don't know if the guy was, you know, swinging the ax wrong, if it was a faulty axe, a faulty axe. I don't know if, um, you know, he was in the wrong position while he was doing it. All I know is that it falls in the river and he began to freak out. We know this because he said, oh no, it was borrowed. You know, have you ever lost something that you borrowed or broken something that you borrowed for somebody else? Have you ever lent something to someone else and they lost it or broke it? Or lost it or broke it? Has that happened to any of you? You know, I remember as a kid, and even to this day, I'm a huge Transformer fan. And there's a movie that just came out, and I tried my best to catch it this week. I'm a huge Transformer fan, and Optimus Prime was its leader. But my favorite Transformer of all time was one called Soundwave. And Soundwave was cool, because Soundwave, he didn't transform into a car or a plane. He would transform into a boombox. For those of you who don't know what a boombox is, it's this box that would play the radio or would play cassette tapes. Um, for those of you who don't know what a cassette tape is, you get it, right? Shut up, I still have a cassette tape in my car. I apologize for saying shut up, but, I, but yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> so one day I'm playing with, with Soundwave, you know, probably a bigger one than this, and I had borrowed it from my friend. And I'm playing it with a class knowing very well that my teacher was going to take it away from me while I was playing with it. And so I'm trying to transform and make this cool boom box. And guess what happens? My teacher saw me. And so she winds up taking the boom box away. Now the worst part of it is it's borrowed. It's not mine, it belongs to my friend. And in order to get it back, guess what happened? His Parents had to come to the school and get the boombox. So my boy got in trouble instead of me getting in trouble for playing with his toy or something that was borrowed. And the moral of the story is, and I say that all today, is just don't play with your transformers in front of your teacher. All right? <laughs> and so he was using his axe, right? He was cutting away. He was using his, the tool that he has given us. And God has given us all gifts tools to use for his kingdom, right? And to use in life. You know, in Romans 12, verse 6, it says, in his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. Not just doing certain things, but doing certain things well. And we're called to be good stewards for what God has given us. Put it this way. Everything that God has given us, everything, our life, our family, our finances, our gifts, our tools, everything belongs to God. Amen? So basically, in other words, everything that we have is borrowed. It doesn't belong to us. It belongs to him. And while this guy was using a tool that he was borrowed, it falls to the bottom of the river. You know, and I believe the same way. It happens today. You know, many of you might have a talent or a tool that you use or that you used to use, and for some reason you just stopped because someone said, eh, you're okay. You're not good. You're okay. 
You know, growing up, I, I always wanted to be a musician. I didn't want to be a singer. I wanted to be a musician. In fact, I remember being part of choir because you had to take it. It was part of the curriculum. You had to be in choir. And they said, we're going to put you in advanced choir. So you should go to the audition. And I went to the audition. And they would hit a note. Bing, 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 bing. And I started, oh. And they were like, bing, 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 bing. I'm like, oh. And I flopped the audition on purpose because I didn't want to sing. I wanted to be a musician like the rest of my family. I come from a family of great musicians. They play and tour all around the world, and it's, it's wonderful. And even in family gatherings, they would be like, oh, it's okay. You sing. Here's the microphone. Don't get me wrong. Now I love to sing. I love singing. I'm grateful for the gift that God has given me, and I'm glad that I'm able to use it. But I love helping others sing. Singing is just something that I'm in love with, and I'm grateful for it. You know, some of us might have a tool. We just don't use it because we feel like we're not good enough. You know, now if you're 45 and you want to be part of the NBA, that's a different story, right? <laughs> you know, for some, it might be a business that you wanted to start or a ministry you wanted to start. For some, your relationship with God, your relationship with your spouse or kids. Somehow we've allowed it to fall to the bottom of the river. And in the story, Elijah says, where did it fall? And I believe Elijah says that not for his own benefit, but for the benefit of the prophet. You know, he's, where did it fall? Just look back, you know, and, and I believe God is saying the same thing today. Where did it fall? What made you give up? When did you stop trusting in me? You know, when did you let your relationship just go to the bottom of the river? When did you let that gift just fall to the bottom of the river? You know, we have to look back and see. See when, when it happened. Where did it happen? How did it happen? You know, but the good thing is it doesn't end there, right? There's always a good thing. The good thing, it doesn't end there. God causes the ax head to float. Amen? That's a miracle in itself, right? And I'm, I'm going to move on really quick because I'm running out of time. But yeah, God causes this thing, which I don't know how to use, <laughs> to float. And God is doing his part. And I believe today, those dreams that you have, those, those gifts that you have, I believe those relationships that you have, God is causing them to float to the top of the river today. That which, we, which you thought was impossible and could never happen again, God is causing that to float today. He's doing his part. Thank God for doing his part, right? But now we have to do ours. Verse 7, he says, grab it. Grab it, Elijah says. And the man reached out and grabbed it. Now it's in a river. A river doesn't stay still. It's moving. So I'm sure he had to get wet. I'm sure he had to get in the river to, to grab the axe or whatever it may be. But God is causing, what, causing your miracle, those relationships. He's causing those things to rise. And we need to grab it. For some of you, it might be practicing. Practicing that gift. You know, for some of you, it might be, you know, opening up that business, starting that ministry, getting together with business-minded people and ministry-minded people and starting that ministry. For others, it might be simply spending more time with your kids and your family. For others, spending more time with God, reading your Bible, opening up the Word. God is causing that to flow, and we need to reach out and grab it. I was coming out of a real dark place in my life once, a few years back, I mean, several years back. 
coming out of a real dark place and I, ministry was the last thing on my mind. All I was focused on was my, my relationship with God, myself, and my relationship with my wife. It's the only thing I was working on. And I remember reading this passage one day and I'm, and I'm just sitting there and I felt like I was transformed and I'm just trying to visualize everything and visualize this axe head floating, but it wasn't an axe head, it was an actual pen. And I heard God say, grab it. And I'm like, really? He's like, grab it. I'm like, it's kind of what got me messed up in the first place. He's like, grab it. And I said, okay. And I grabbed that pen. That year I began to write. And I, honestly, I wrote some of the worst songs I've ever written in my life. You'll never hear them. But not only did I start to write, I started to record. There's an album that you'll probably never hear either. <laughs> um, and not only did a ministry that I thought was at the bottom of the river and would never happen, and even people said, Benji, you're never going to sing again. You're never going to be a ministry again. You might sing at a wedding, but you're never going to sing on a stage again. And look where I'm standing today. God is doing the same thing for each and every one of you. You just need to reach out and grab that miracle. You see a need, meet that need. Ask God to come along with you and reach for your dream, reach for your miracle, reach for what, what you thought was impossible. What is impossible for man is possible for God. You just got to reach out and grab it. Amen? Come on, let's pray. God, we love you. We praise you and we honor you. And today, I just pray for every individual in this place, God. I just pray that as they even go through the week, God, that they can visualize and see. They can see their miracle and reach for it and grab it, God. They can begin to forgive, begin to, to love. They can begin to talk to you just by reaching out and grabbing what you have for them. We love you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen and amen. Amen. Would you give Benji another round of applause? And if you're sitting here this morning as, as Benji was talking about this, and you're sitting here and, you're, and you haven't given your life to Christ, the whole reason that this church exists is to connect people to Jesus and help them grow in their faith. And, and Benji was talking about asking God to come alongside you. And for some of you, that's you. You need to ask God to come alongside of you in your life, in your walk. And so this morning we're gonna say a very simple prayer and there's nothing special about the words, it's all about your heart behind it. But I'm gonna ask everybody to bow your heads and close your eyes and pray after me. Hey, dear Jesus, this morning I give you my life. Thank you for dying for me on the cross. I pray that you'd come alongside me and help me to walk this walk. Wash me this morning, make me new. In your name I pray, amen. If you said that prayer for the first time this morning, I just wanna say welcome to the family of God. We are so excited for you this morning. If, if you would do us a favor and scan this QR code on the screen behind me, because we know that saying the prayer is just the first step in this new journey. And so uh, we have a gift that we wanna send you to help you take the next steps in that. And so, uh, scan the QR code, uh, click where it says new believer, fill out the information, and then we're going to send you a gift to help you take those next steps. Uh, but we just have a couple quick announcements before we dismiss this morning. If this is your first time here, we just want to say welcome. We're so glad that you joined us. You can also scan this QR code or you can text the number on the screen 
Um, and it's just your way of connecting with us uh, so that we can kind of let you know some of the things that are going on at the church. Uh, and we have a gift that we want to send you also, but uh, we'd love to know that you were here with us this morning. So uh, either one of those two ways is a great way to get connected with us. Um, but coming up on June 25th, Benji mentioned this, we have another worship night. We're going to be doing this the last Sunday of every month. And I don't know about you guys, but I've been going to these worship nights and it's, it's an awesome time to just sit in the presence of God. And I love Sunday mornings. I love hearing the message. I love hearing the word spoken. But sometimes I just want to sit in God's presence and worship. And that's what this is all about. And so I'd invite you guys, June 25th at 7 p.m., come out and join us. It's a great time. And then uh, the last announcement is if you uh, took a baby bottle um, to support the, the Resource Center, um, we started handing those out on Mother's Day. You're supposed to take the bottle and fill it with change. If you took one of those, you can start bringing those back. Um, we would ask you to bring them back by next week on Father's Day. That's when, that's when they start collecting those. Um, but yeah, that's a, I love, that, I love that we partner with those guys because they offer so many resources uh, for women and, and men and going through pregnancy and all of that. And so uh, if you would re please return those bottles so that we can get them turned back into those guys. And then uh, the last thing is we're going to take up this morning's tithe and offering. And if you're giving this morning, there's, you can see up on the screen, there's several ways that you can give. But if you're joining us for the first time this morning, you heard Benji mention some of the areas that we give to. And I want to tell you, this is the most generous church that I've ever been a part of. We live to give here. We, we love to give and to bless our community and the world around us, whether it's here locally or in Mexico or in Ireland. That's what we're all about. We're all about giving back because we know that God has blessed us. And so if you're giving this morning, like I said, you can see up on the screen, there's several ways you can give, but let's pray over this morning's offering. Father, we thank you for today, God. Thank you for the message from Pastor Benji reminding us to reach out and grab hold of what you've given us. And this morning, I pray over this morning's offering that you would take it, that you would multiply it, that you would use it to advance your kingdom everywhere Mosaic is active, Father. I pray that you would bless us as we go. In your name we pray, amen. Now, one last thing, if you're here this morning and you feel like you just needed some additional prayer, we have a team up here that would love to pray for you this morning, so stop by and see them. But with that, guys, have a great week. We love you. We'll see you next Sunday.